Greetings and blessings, and welcome to another empowering episode of the Fuel for Your Journey podcast. Dee Sally here, and I just want to first say uh, bless Memorial Day to everyone that may be listening to this particular podcast. Um, Tonight, 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 as I always like to say, we have another awesome woman of God joining us on tonight to talk about uh, her new project. Her name is Jacqueline Goodwin, and she is an ordained pastor and prophetess whose ministry focuses on deliverance and healing. She has a passion and a heart for the youth, which has led her to various positions within the ministry and career field. Since 2002, Ms. Goodwin has served as youth director, a mentor, a Sunday school teacher within her local church, a former paralegal educator and substance abuse counselor who uses her gift of empowerment to transform lives within her career field. She has earned a Master of Arts in Practical Theology from Regent University a Master of Counseling from Webster University in Columbia, South Carolina, a Master of Pastoral Counseling from Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, an Associate Degree of Paralegal (laughs) Graduating (laughs) Magna Cum Laude from South University, and a Bachelor of Arts in English from Francis Marion University in Florence, South Carolina. She currently resides in South Carolina with her son, her two daughters, and her granddaughter. And her hobbies include running, walking, meditating, and writing, counseling youth, and working in the community. So everyone, you know, just from reading this bio, I just want to say, wow. Wow, wow. We're going to be blessed tonight by this awesome woman of God, you know, who has taken the time to get the knowledge and the wisdom that she needs so that she can go out and minister to those in the community. So I welcome to the Fuel for Your Journey podcast, Ms. Jacqueline Goodwin. Hello, Jacqueline. Hello. Thank you for having me, Ms. D. I'm excited and delighted. Yes, I am too. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about your story. You know, um, your your new book called um, "Healing in the Vessel: Mother a Mother's." I'm sorry, "Healing in the Vessel: Mother's Love: A Daughter's Journey of Faith." Is that the correct title? Yes, ma'am. That is it. Can you tell us about this book? Tell us about this book. We've heard about you. Now, tell us a little about your journey and about how this particular book came about. Okay. Um, this um, book came about um, through a um, testimony that um, God brought me through. Um, around the age of 35, I was diagnosed with um, HIV, going to the doctor, not expecting that diagnosis. So um, when I got there, um Glory be to God, I got there, and the doctor came back and gave me his diagnosis, and I was just sitting there um, looking at the door. And at the door, I just saw the cross. That's all I could see. I just saw the cross, and he was looking at me, you know, asking did I have any questions, was I okay. And I told my doctor, I said, well, doctor, I heard what you said. I said, but now I got to go to the doctors of doctors. 
Oh, wow, yeah. My God, I'm going to try to maintain myself. <laughs> no, you know what? You, this, be you, be you. You know, that's a blessing. Yeah. Glory be to God. As I was sitting there, gee, I looked at that door and I saw the cross. And I told my doctor, I said, mm. I heard what you said, but I met a man, glory be to God, a long time ago that raised ladders from the dead. Yes, God. And I said, there is nothing too hard for God. I said, so now I got to go see the doctors of doctors. I told him, he was telling me, you know, um, different things. And, and I just looked at him. I said, you know, I, I just got to, I got to go. I got to go. So on the way out, my prayer partner worked there. She was the receptionist. And I remember stopping by asking her, you know, do the doctor share the diagnosis? And she said no, because she was the receptionist. So I told her, because I wanted her to be in agreement with me. And I told mm-hmm. her, I said, you are my prayer partner. I'm not coming to you as, you know, the receptionist in the doctor's office. I need a prayer partner. So I told her my diagnosis, and she got up from behind the desk, and she just began to pray. And she said, yes. woman of God, all I hear is Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And though the rivers, they should not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And something resonated in my spirit when she said that scripture. Something rose up in my spiritual man where I knew even before I laid before God prostrate that I was already healed. I knew on the way going home that God was already had the victory in this test. I was like, it's just a test. I don't care what I got to do. And on the way going home, the Holy Spirit gave me instructions, told me to go on a fast. Um, and, on, and in that fast, I was to shut down, not talk on my cell phone, not to have visitors over, and to just let my mother know who's now going home to be with the Lord, but just to let her know to cover me while I was on shutdown and fasting and praying. So when I got home, my mom came to my house every day, and I, I didn't tell her, God, I said, don't tell her your diagnosis. I didn't tell her my diagnosis. And I told her uh, I was going on a fast. I said, Mom, I got to go on a 40-day fast. I just need you to cover me. And she didn't ask any questions. She just began to fast. But I told God, mm-hmm. um, God has me to lay prostate in my prayer time. And as I was laying prostate, I just remember it's clear day on that green carpet. I told God, I said, God, I got to see my children, children, children live. Yeah. I said, God, I know that you raised letters from the dead. There's nothing too hard for you. I said, I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the result mm-hmm. says. All I know is that you want to heal me. And if I got to stay Amen. before you 365 days, God, that's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. I'm going to echo over Shandy. Yes, God. Glory be to God. I'm going to pull on you like the woman yes, with the issue of blood, God. Because I got to see my children, children, children live, God. And I just began to declare every day over my life that I should live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord. And during that time, on the third day, God woke me up during my fast. It was 3 a.m. in the morning, and I looked up in the ceiling, and, D, I saw two words. I saw negative, and I saw victory. Ooh. Ooh. Audible. Praise God. Yes, God. Glory, glory be to God. Yeah, I jumped God. up out Hallelujah. of my bed. And I began to give God the glory. I began to give God the praise. I began to magnify him. Yes, because God. I knew in those two words that I was healed. 
So when they mm-hmm. checked my blood again, there was no, hey, God, no trace mm-hmm. of the HIV. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory, God. Mm. And in the midst of this, God said, I'm getting ready to birth a ministry and a mm. book out of this testimony. And that's what HIV came out of, the HIV healing in the vessel. And that's how my ministry will birth, out of that testimony. Oh, wow. Okay, H- I hear it. Take yeah. the girl out, and you have the HIV. <laughs> so what the devil meant for evil, God turned ah, it around for your good. Meant it for my good. <laughs> the person Ooh. who thought, and he was hiding it from me, and God pulled the covers back again to show me stuff. And I told him, mm-hmm. I said, what you thought was going to take me out, God said, not so. Ooh. What you thought was going to be for my bad, God turned around and used it for his glory. And God allowed me to share my testimony with my family first. And my mother, who was a phenomenal prayer warrior, she said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, years before this, she said, God had came to her and told her I was going to be diagnosed with HIV. Mm. Let me tell you how awesome God is to us. She said, and I began to pray. She said, God didn't allow me to tell you. And I told my mom, I said, because at that time you would have been burying your daughter. Because I would have mm-hmm. been so much caught up worrying. And God had to ground me. God had to grow me spiritually yeah. in a phase where the enemy couldn't knock the breath out of me. That I would be mm-hmm. steadfast and unmovable and stand on his word. So I told my mom, I said, don't hold your head down. You did what thus saith the Lord. I said, but what you even did more so, you began to fast and pray for me, and you was already making the ground. That's it. Mm-hmm. She was already fertilizing the ground for me mm-hmm. to step in. Amen. And I you know what I, 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 oh, go ahead. I, no, I was just going to say I love the fact that, you, you know, you said that God showed your mom that that was going to be a diagnosis that would come into your life, you know, would come into mm-hmm. your life. And but she didn't talk to you about it. She took it to God in prayer and covering you. But then the part that you mentioned previously when you were telling your testimony, you said that um, you just asked your mom to cover you in prayer for those 40 days. You did not explain to her what was going on with you. No. Is, she didn't is that correct? Ask. That's correct. You didn't ask. Wow. I think that in itself is powerful because, you know, Sometimes we think that we have to give the whole itinerary of what's going mm, on with on. us. But when we are in Christ and, and truly, you know, know how to go to him in prayer, we don't have to know the details in Amen. order to cover someone, you know. It, it was just that spiritual connection that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to do this. So what a blessing. What a blessing. Amen. I was laying prostrate in my room, and she was on her knees in the living room. She came every mm, week. Mm, well, she was always coming to my house. But when I asked her to cover me, she would come in, mm-hmm. and she would just fast for me from 6 a.m. And she said, I don't know how long God has told you. She said, but I'm going to do what he told me to do. And she would come in and, and, and get in my living room, and she would be in my mm-hmm. living room praying out to God and crying out to God, and I would be in my room laying prostrate and crying out to God. And that's where the part wow. came, um, a mother's love and a daughter's journey of faith, because she loved me enough. She didn't need the details. She didn't need, as you said earlier, that itinerary. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. she needed was the extortion. And then when I shared the to- testimony with her, it brought it back to her. She said, I had already known. 
I also like how the fact that, you know, um, God pulled you away into a time of isolation, you know, you know, with that. Because, again, sometimes things will happen in our lives and, and we think that we need man around us, you know, mm-hmm. to, yeah. uh, to shield us to, so that we can crown their shoulders and, and, and all of that. But, you know, that was a desperate time for you. You didn't need anyone feeling sorry for you. Um, you, the place you needed to be is where you were, and that's in God's yeah. presence. And like you said, on your face, and having that one person touching and agreeing with you, the one who brought you into this world, you know, was enough. Yeah, was enough because because sometimes, like you said, it, you know, we um when, when I left it out, I just you know I said, God, what what is it that I need to do? Because sometimes my first reaction, we don't go to God first; we go to um, yeah, go to the different phone. people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, calling it, yeah. and checking with all this technology and mm-hmm. um. God didn't, he didn't want me to post nothing. He didn't want me to, at that time, I forgot what the, it wasn't Facebook, it was a different social media. But God didn't want me like to use Like MySpace or something? That's yeah. it, MySpace, yeah. that's yeah. it. And he was like isolation. He just, and, and he had did it mm, so profoundly. Wow. He had allowed me to resign from my job. He told me, mm-hmm. and I was making good money, um, he literally came to me and spoke. He said, you are going to resign. And when I resigned, that's when I got the diagnosis. I was being sick, didn't know what was going on. He gave me the diagnosis. He allowed, he put me in a position that I, I didn't have to go to work every day and, and, and deal with people. But, yeah. but I was home in, 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 in my prayer closet. I, I didn't have mm-hmm. to be at work saying, well, I got to, um, on my way to my lunch break to pray. You know, I, I got my kids off the school. I, I, I could be praying the whole time they got back, and they knew when Mama's door was closed, she was in mm-hmm. there with God. You don't come unless you, because they, they could feed themselves unless the house on fire or something was desperate. But <laughs> right. I needed I told God, yeah. I, I got to see my children. And, and, and I was, he blessed me to see my first man, and I'm just believing him for a long life. I, I just believe mm-hmm. in awesome God that came in and purified my blood for wow, a long life because Jesus. sometimes we, we don't get that desperate situation. You know, if, if God doesn't move immediately, we, we allow the enemy to come in and say, well, bring that mm-hmm. doubt. And that's why God didn't allow mm-hmm. me to talk to you because you have this person on your side where you know so-and-so died from that or so-and-so yeah, they, the they, they, they got yeah. progress to A's and mm-mm, mm-hmm. no. I couldn't get that in my spirit. I had to live. I had to get off death sentence. Mm. You know, what a blessing, you know. Um, and you're not the first person I heard where God caused a person to make a decision in advance of the the uh, the negative report coming their way. It's, it's almost like he prepares us for what's coming, you know, without us even knowing and, mm. and you know, for you to be, like you said, positioned where you didn't have to go to work. You didn't have to punch anybody's time clock. The only time clock you had to press was that time clock where you were getting in God's presence and so that he could do what he wanted to do. Amen. Amen. And And I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because I, I was like, no, I don't have, I didn't have any income coming. I was like, God, could you know, when you um, resign from a job, you don't get unemployment. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And, I, and, I'm, wow. and I'm saying, God, I don't have <laughs> any means of money, but you're saying you want me to resign. I, my supervisor looked at me. She said, what you going to do? I said, all I'm going to do is walk in obedience. <laughs> she told me, she said, you know the company is not going to give you an appointment. I said, not the company, but God will. Mm-hmm. And they fought me on it. But not one time did God put us out of our house. Not one time did me and my kids stop. Not one time did the lights get turned off or the water. Not yes, one God. time when they wanted to come repossess my car, God shielded them. They couldn't come to my house and take it. <laughs> God so not only did he warn, not only did he prepare you for what was coming, um, you know, so that you could have that quality time with him, but he kept you yes. in the midst of it all. Yes, you did. Amen. Anything else you want to share with the listening audience about, you know, this journey? I mean, the testimony in itself is powerful, and, and you know, it, it can really empower and encourage someone that may find themselves in a place where, you know, they've been waiting, they've, they've been praying, they've been trusting, um, they've been believing, or they may be in a place where they just received a negative report and, you know, they don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, what word of encouragement can you give our listening audience who may be going through something similar? Excuse me. I would like to let them know, don't let your diagnosis affect your faith. Um, Don't be shaken. Don't be moved. Get grounded in your word because that's what I had to do. I had to stay, I had to go back and read what the word says. That he was wounded for my transgression by his stripes, I'm healed. I had to repeat those things that I should live and not die, but declare the works of the, the Lord. So don't, don't let your diagnosis shake your faith. Don't let it determine your faith. Don't let it determine your situation. Don't let it determine your outcome. You know, God puts us in desperate situations for us to pull on that garment, to pull on that hem, so we can pull from that virtue. So get in that place and just begin to, hey, God, just begin to pull on his virtue. Begin to pull on his healing power. Glory be to God. I mean, if you got to cut family off, if you got to cut friends off, because um, I, I was married at that time, I was. Just, I told my husband, I ain't got time for your, your negativity. <laughs> I, I don't care what you're saying. <laughs> but I know what Dr. Jesus says. See, you just have to, because the devil don't care who they use D. They, yes. they don't care. Uses those close they, they don't to care you, whether it's especially. Your, your, your husband, yes, your, your, mm-hmm. your, your sister, your brother. He don't care. Yeah. And, and people will not recognize it. Some of them do know, just want to be the advocate, mm-hmm. the, 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 the poor negative in your spirit. But I made up in my mind, and I want the listeners that are listening to this broadcast when you hear this to know that your diagnosis, diagnosis does not determine your faith. You it should take your faith to another level because that's what it did to me. It pushed me. It pushed mm-hmm. me into the in the presence of God. It pushed me to cry out to God. You know, because God, yeah. we, we don't wail like we used to. It, it pushed me to a place of wailing before God. Mm-hmm. It pushed me to just tell God, God, I'm just not giving up. I had to become like um, Jacob. I had to wrestle. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. That's what I was like, God, I'm not letting go until I come out with my healing. I told him 365 days, I'm going to stay here. But you got to be determined. We got to be like that. I call it the bulldog mentality. If you ever seen a bulldog get a hold of something, you're going to have to wrestle with him to get it. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. you got to get a bulldog mm-hmm. mentality. You got to ask yourself, how bad do you want your miracle? Ooh. How bad do you want your blessing? How bad do you yes, want your deliverance? Lord. How bad do you want that healing? I didn't want nobody else to raise my children because my daughter was telling me my mama could raise. No, no, no. I love my mama to death. But I said, God, I'm going to mm-hmm. see my children. I'm going to see my yeah. grandchildren. I'm going to see my great-grandchildren. You got to have the mindset and look the devil in the face and tell him you don't trespass on the wrong house. And that's what I told Ooh. the devil. You don't trespass on the wrong house. You don't come to the wrong house. You see Amen. those people put in their yard, no trespassing. You got to get that mentality. <laughs> no trespassing. Yeah. You get eviction notice, you need to evict the devil. I'm getting ready to evict you out of my body. You've been served. I know that's right. Praise God. Praise God. Well, so well, let me ask you this question. Was there any time in your process where, you know, where you were focused on seeking God for your healing? and believing for your healing, did at any time did any doubt creep in for you? No, I I, I just had, it's just like God took me to a crazy faith. It just, yes, that's it. like yeah. I, I just blocked it out. I just, I didn't have no doubt. It's like when the doctor told me something shifted in my spirit. It's mm-hmm. like when I, I sat there, and you know the doctor, you, they have you on that, that the little bed thing, and, and I was, he was talking and it's like I had drifted. I felt like Paul that I had went into a trance. And all I saw literally was a cross and Jesus stretched out. And I, that's, that's what my focus was. I went into a different zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and I knew. Yeah, you focused. I, I, I just, that, that wasn't even, a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It was not even a consideration it, for me. Mm-hmm. Because I, mm-hmm. I I knew my three babies seven, I think seven five, and and wow. two. Uh, they they around that age. They were so they young. were very young. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think my oldest one may have been in the fifth grade. They were young, and that and that was my focus. That was my determination. Nobody's mm-hmm. not gonna raise my children. Nobody's not gonna put dirt over me. Nobody. Yeah. Amen. So it sounds like you're... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say it sounds like your faith and and your confession and, you know, the the, um, vision that God had given you. And also, sounds like it was fueled by the love for your children as well. Yes. I I just... That love for your children kept you going. I couldn't imagine nobody else raising them. I I just couldn't. I just could not... Um, I was like, Lord, you know, my mom had raised me and my brother, and I was like, God, I just, I know she would have gladly raised them, but I was like, Lord, I just can't even leave that on her. I was like, God, mm-hmm. you gonna have to come and tell me it's my time, and if you say it's my time, then I'll go. I said, but God, the words, if I delight myself in you, you will give me the desires of my yes, heart. Right. And I said, God, if your will yes. is for me to overcome and be victorious in this, I'm in agreement. Mm-hmm. I'm in agreement. I'm gonna make my and I this time, D, I made my I made my petition specific to God, and I was sincere. Yeah, I was like Hezekiah. I didn't care who heard me crying, who saw me crying. I had mm-hmm. to turn my back to the wall and wail before God. Yeah, my kids would hear me crying and say, "Mama, Mama's okay." 
And as they got older, I didn't even knew that they had already heard me really before God about the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. But you didn't tell them at that, that they were so young. I didn't correct? tell them. No, I didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. Yeah, so they they heard they heard you praying prayers of your of their mother, you know, taking taking her burdens to God, you yes. know, and He delivered you. He delivered you. So, um, so that's what your book is about. Your testimony of how God delivered you from the diagnosis of HIV, correct? Yes, ma'am. And other chapters is just talk about um, different chapters. Um, some of the things is. Uh, um, when I talk about the ram in the bush, you know, how um, when God told me um, to resign for working, my ex had left. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he thought mm-hmm. that I was going to struggle. But how God, when they came to repossess my car, that God gave me favor. And the guy told me, he said, I'm going to call the office and tell them that I couldn't find you, that you wasn't home. <laughs> and I looked Praise at him and said, but. This is what I want you to do. He said, I'm going to give you this number. You called them. I was $1,200 behind in my car payment, three months behind. Mm-hmm. He said, I want you to call this particular lady. He gave me her name and her number, and I called her. But before I called, I said, God, connect me to the person that you have divinely going to give me favor with. I know he gave me this name, but I need the person that you have for me. I didn't get her. I got another lady. God moved so when I talked to the lady. They took a $1,200 pass due brought it down to $400. I told the lady I have it in two weeks. At that time, I was not working, got called for a job, had to call the people back and told them I need an additional two weeks because I had to wait till I get paid. And the lady said, we're going to work, we're going to work with you. But God, it, it's just different. It, it, it's different. Those different types of um, testimonies, how, how, you know, you know, as a single woman, um, I relied on God and not, a, a man to, to, to pay the rent, a, a, a yeah. man to make sure my car don't re, get repossessed, to let us know that we have everything in Christ, everything mm-hmm. in Christ. And you know what I'm hearing is that scripture, um, he will keep you in perfect peace who, whose mind who is stayed on him. You know, you, oh, yes. like you said, yeah. turned your face to the wall. You turned your face to the wall and you focused on being in God's presence. You know, your healing was not amongst man. Your your healing um, was not with a person per se, but your your healing was made manifest in the presence of God. Amen. Yes. Yes. Wow, what a blessing. So it sounds like this, not sounds like, you know, listeners, this book by Ms. Uh, Pastor Jacqueline Goodwin is a book that you must add to your reading arsenal. You know, um, as I always say, we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So, uh, Pastor Goodwin, you know, um, is there any last words you want to leave with our listening audience? Um, yes, and um, I would just like to let everyone know that don't abort your mission. Whatever God mm-hmm. has placed in you, um, it may not be an easy journey, but don't abort your mission. Stay steadfast and unmovable and keep your hand in God's hands because your testimony will be somebody breakthrough, somebody delivered, somebody that's about to throw in the child. And they'll hear your testimony and say, my God, there's hope, there's victory, there's healing. Amen. 
Tell, tell us where we can get your book from and where we can connect with you on social media. Okay. My book is on um, the Ministry Well page, um, com. Also, I am on Facebook as Jacqueline Goodwin. I am on Instagram as Denise Goodwin. That's L-E-N-I-S-E. And my last name, G-O-O-D-W-I-N. Amen, amen. So listening audience, please connect with Pastor Jacqueline Goodwin. Get her book, read her testimony, be encouraged about the walk through her journey that she's sharing in her book. And, um, you know, I also know that I think we talked about it or when I read your bio and shared some of the things you were doing doing in the community? Yes, I I have a passion of, um, God has given me a passion for the youth. I like working with um, young people. Uh, in my career, I have worked with um, kids that uh, were on drugs. I had legal affairs. So I just continue to, um, any kid, a young person that I can help along the way to let them know that even if you made a mistake, it is a stepping stone. You know, you don't have to let that be your um, end results. So yeah. I, I enjoy working with the, the youth, and I, I just have a passion for them because they are our future. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you and continue to do the great um, work that God has equipped you to do in the community and through telling your story. Um, thank you again for joining the Feel For Your Journey podcast, coming on and chatting a bit and telling us about your journey. I appreciate you. Um, I just want to, you know, what stood out for me is how God turned that diagnosis of HIV and turned it around into healing in the vessel. So our God is a God of the turnaround, and when we have faith and we are steadfast and unmovable in our relationship and our belief in him, he is well able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. And once again, our guest for tonight, Pastor Jacqueline Goodwin, is an example of that. So Amen. thank you again, thank Pastor Goodwin. Thank, thank you, for you again having for me. joining the call. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And we are connected online, so I hope to continue to follow you and see the great things that you're doing in the community and God is equipping you to do. And um, thank you again, everyone, for listening to another empowering episode of the Fuel for Your Journey podcast. Thank you for joining us through season one of the podcast. We will be uh, going offline for the summer. We pray that you would enjoy your summer, that you would continue to get into God's presence. As I always like to say, until we meet again, remember just as a vehicle can never get very far without stopping by the gas or filling station, neither can we. Our Father in heaven desires that we seek him with our whole heart and be fueled daily through his word and a personal relationship with him. His presence is the greatest fueling station of them all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Jacqueline, for joining us. Take care, and God bless. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye.